Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Fishing for Men with Mac show. Okay, hello everybody. I'm so glad that you could join me for this episode. We're in pod 6 of 11 episodes. That is about the 22 reasons to stop believing in God video. So far, I've covered 11 objections to belief in God. And the issues range from free will. I mean, do we have free will? Has God given us free will about God's omniscience? Does he really know everything? Why space is so huge and why God could even, couldn't even stop a murder when there were four people on earth? We spoke about how a virgin birth could be possible and how the story of Jesus could be true if there were similar myths before him. Uh, we've spoken about how some atheists are better politicians than Christians and how the divisions in Christianity seems to portray a really bad picture with all the churches. Uh, we've spoken about the contradictions in the Bible. Um, we've spoken about being made in God's image, um, but being deformed. We're born with vestigial body parts, some people. Um, yeah, so if you want to um, check out those uh, podcasts, you're welcome to go check them out on Fishing for Men with Mac. Um, if you are the first time joining us, welcome. Uh, let me just give a quick advertisement. Uh, the book that I launched on Saturday uh, last week is, is ready to um, be collected, be taken. You can uh, watch an intro to that book on YouTube. It's also available in South Africa on Burble and Amazon and obviously outside of South Africa uh, from Amazon. Um, and then also I just want to uh, quickly advertise CoCare. Those of you not aware of CoCare, um, just go Google them. CoCare is an NPO and one of the very, very few NPOs, perhaps the only one that I've ever really met, that shares the gospel uh, with people when they give out food. Um, it's part of the whole package. Um, so people, some people have requested that I make a video of the podcasts. I don't know, some people would like to see a face talking and not just hear a voice. Um, the reason why I went the podcast route um, is because uh, people don't always have data. So I decided, okay, I'm going to try it now. I'll, I'll do the live videos on Facebook and then I'll just edit it and put it on YouTube for the people who want to see a video. Uh, the rest of you, you can just continue going along with uh, the Podbean app, or you can see it on Spotify, oh, listen to it on Spotify, and listen to it on um, the um, Apple Store. So, if you go on YouTube and you want to see the videos um, that I post there, you can go to BibLife Talk. BibLife Talk, it basically means Bible and Life Talk. Um, just go look for that, and you can subscribe to that, and I'll be posting some videos on there about various topics. So, let's get into business for uh, today. Um, I am busy with rebuttal 11 and 12 of 22 um, objections to faith in God. Here's 22 reasons. I found this YouTube video, for those of you not aware of it, I found this YouTube video where the guy gives basically 22 reasons why it's a good idea to stop believing in God. And I'm addressing each one of those systematically. And we are with 11 and 12 today. So here they are. This is the first one. This is number 11. 99.9% .9 .9 of all the species that God ever supposedly created are extinct. How many do-overs does God need? That's the question. The next one is, number 12, God doesn't exist because I said so. What? Uh, you don't like that reason? Because that's the same reason a lot of parents and pastors give to their children to convince them that God does exist. Okay, so let me start with the first one. Let me start with number 11. 
99.9% of all the species God ever supposedly created are extinct. How many do-overs does God need? Okay, so so far uh, addressing these objections to, to faith, I must be honest that my response has been quite one-sided. I've, I've been a little bit biased. But honestly, the reason why I, ha- I have been that way is because I don't think that the arguments this guy presents are good. But I do think here for the first time tonight, this number 11 is, is quite a, it's, it's a little bit of a better argument. It's something that we need to think about. It seems to be true that 99% of all species that have ever lived um, are extinct. It seems to be the case. Scientists agree with that. Um, let's use some everyday examples. Mammoths lived, found their bones, their their skeletons. Uh, dinosaurs, they did live, and they're no longer here. So, I mean, those are two big examples of, of animals that did live that's no longer here. So extinction is a reality. Um, but extinction doesn't always refer to these big animals. It's not like 99% of all the animals that have ever died were these big animals. Um, we, we can talk about plants. We can talk about microorganisms. And they say that we are losing 24 to 100 species per day are going extinct. That's plants and animals. 50% of all living species will be extinct by the year 2100. Now, you never know with these predictions whether they will really be true, but that's what the guys are saying out there. And one of the biggest problems currently is the, the extinction of insects today. They say that one in five species are currently threatened. And if you didn't know this, without the bugs, without the insects, this world cannot live so lacquer. Now, I know it's quite difficult to really accurately prove all the cases of extinction. I mean, there, there has been numerous occasions where people thought uh, and where scientists said, look, this animal has gone extinct or this organism has gone extinct. And then a little while later, we actually find the animal living on the planet. It was just, you know, very few species and, uh, you know, very few of them. And they were hidden away in a, in a jungle somewhere. But that has happened as well. Um, but yes, yes, yes. The point I think this guy is tr- sort of pushing at is that the extinction of such animals seems to be better understood through evolution, because in a nutshell, evolution says only the strongest species survive; um, the rest die. So if you look at the world through the eyes of evolution, the extinction of species they make sense because they're dying. And because they're not fit to survive. So evolution has an explanation. And here's the question that is being posed at us tonight. The question is this. What would the God explanation be? Okay. A few hundred years ago, people believed all the species in the Garden of Eden is still alive today. (coughs) Sorry about that. So all the animals that you have on the planet today were there in the Garden of Eden. In other words, extinction has never really taken place. Well... Then the mammoth bones and the dinosaur bones were discovered, right? And gradually other species arrived in the fossil record, which which we have not seen on Earth. So there's been some species, uh, some animals appearing in the fossil records that we don't know anything about today. And we would be fools to deny the extinction of animals, okay? Did God cause these animals to die? Why didn't he prevent the extinction? Um, You you see the question where, where this is going. All right, so here's just a few thoughts from me on this topic. First of all, from a biblical perspective, God cares about animal life. He does care about animals. God saved the animals from mass extinction in the Noah story, right? We, they call it the Endangered Species Project, the, the biggest endangered species project is what happened on the, uh, with Noah and the ark, right? All the species got into the ark. Jesus tells us that God clothes the lilies of the field. 
He also tells us that no sparrow falls to the ground apart from the will of the Father. We see in the story of Jonah that God is concerned about the, the death of cattle. Okay, If he cares about animal life, then obviously he would care about animals going extinct, right? Well, unless he lets them go extinct for a purpose. Unless their life had a meaning at a specific time, right? So that's the first thing I just want to say. Just, and don't worry, we're gonna we're gonna take this further. Secondly, um, but he cares more about human life. So so God cares about animal life, but he cares more about human life. How do we know that? Well, we dealt with that in a previous podcast. Okay. Um, here it is. Jesus said himself, We are worth more than many sparrows. He said it himself. Humans are worth more than birds. Okay. We are made in God's image, according to the Bible. Animals are not. Okay, and as I said in that previous podcast, that um, animals um, have been created for us. All right, we haven't been created for them; they've been created for us. The world can survive without us, but we can't survive without without them. Okay, so I mentioned this because atheists believe that animals and humans are of the same worth. Generally, that's what they're saying. Because if we evolve from animals, then we are not any better than the animals. Maybe we a little bit we've superiorly developed or evolved to where we are, but intrinsically there's there's no greater value between the two um and that brings up the question so if we are worth something and animals are worth something how how could god let millions of animals die and go extinct that's a big question please remember that when that question is asked because that's i think what the atheist is trying to say how could god let all these animals go extinct it doesn't make sense he creates stuff, but it's not perfect, and then they die. It doesn't make sense. The theory of evolution explains it better. Okay, but please remember that he's talking about animals and not humans. Although God cares about animals, it's not a tragedy for him when they go extinct. If he's the creator, he brings them and he gives them life, then he can take away their life as well. And after all, God is far more interested in the spiritual world than the physical world. And this is often something that, um, that, that I think atheists always bring up. They would say, well, look at the vast expanse of the, the sky and all the stars in the, in the heavens. And how could, you, uh, how could you look at all that and think that God is concerned about what you do with your, your private parts? I mean, that's one of the things that Richard Dawkins often, often says. It's like God has got this whole universe, but he's concerned about what you do with your private parts. And the thing is just this, that, and we've spoken about the sky and the stars and that stuff. But the thing is just this, that God is a moral God. And morality and the, the cleanliness of the soul, those are the things that God is really interested in. Um, the earth and the place where we live is a, is a means to an end. But that's theology for another day. There's a third point. So let me just go over these two points quickly. That God cares about animal life, number one. Number two, but he cares more about human life. Number three, death makes human life possible. Death makes human life possible. Maybe you haven't heard of this, but in theology we talk about two types of evil. There is moral evil. That's what humans do. We hurt each other, kill each other, steal from each other. That's human morality. Okay. And then there's natural evil. Natural evil is what nature does. Okay, it's the tsunami that comes. It's the bee that kills the bee. It's a, it's like a, a, a bee sting, right? If you've been stung by a bee, it certainly feels evil, doesn't it? When that bee produces pain, evil usually produces suffering, like a lion killing a calf, like a snake eating a cute little mouse, or a volcano erupting and destroying a whole forest. In this world, 
Death makes way to life in many ways. For example, earthquakes. People say, well, wouldn't life be better without earthquakes? But you know what causes earthquakes? Um, the shifting of tectonic plates. Now, you can go and read up about this, but the, the tectonic plates and their movement created, participated, allowed the type of life that we have on the planet, which is what other planets like Venus don't have, for example. Okay, so, so we might think that we are better without earthquakes, but yet if we take the earthquakes away, we take the tectonic plates away and we take away um, life on earth. Well, people would say, well, what about tornadoes? I mean, can't we like, wouldn't life be great if there were no tornadoes? Um, we might think it would be better without them, yet they are, um, they are dependent on our weather system through which we have seasons and wind and rain. It gives us life. And here's a big one. What about, what about coal and fuel you know that diesel you put in your car today or that that petrol that you put in your car today i mean do you know how you dependent you are on that how dependent we are on that how dependent we are in south africa on coal it's producing the light and this camera and everything here now is producing the electricity that we have from coal now where does coal come from massive prehistoric forests in a time when the dinosaurs lived probably it was, there were powerful ecosystems on the earth. Those forests all died out. And many of the organisms in that ecosystem and animals died out. All right. And it, it, it produced the coal that we have today. The, the, the fossil fuels. That's what they call it. Fossil fuels. Okay. The oil. Okay. Is produced by the death of an ecosystem. Civilization couldn't live without the extinction of ecosystems. From a distance, it might seem silly that animals would go extinct and plants would go extinct and these organisms would go extinct. Yet in God's divine plan, he built into death, uh, into the death of some to give life to other. In many ways, we should be thankful for extinction. So what's the point so far? The point so far is this. God cares about animal life. Therefore, if a species goes extinct, naturally, God's purpose with that species has come to an end. God allows species to live and die for a greater good. He's got the prerogative to do that. But modern extinction is not natural. Let's bring it a little bit home. Modern extinction is not natural. God is not the one bringing animals to extinction currently. So who is? You see, God also gave humanity a responsibility. Genesis 1 verse 28, God says to Adam and Eve, Be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it, rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and every living creature that moves on the ground. God gave humans the responsibility to be stewards of the animal kingdom. But what have we done? See, the two most common reasons why animals are currently going extinct is through human exploitation and habitat destruction. So who are to blame currently for the extinction taking place in the animal kingdom? It's us who are bad stewards of the creation. Many atheists are sensitive about protecting the environment, which is a great thing, but at the heart of the problem lies man's morality. We are greedy. We are selfish. That's why we don't care about nature. Our businesses must survive. The factories must produce because we want the money right? It's greed. It's selfishness. Okay, so so what do we, I mean, what do we expect? We don't check people's morals and therefore um, become surprised when animals go extinct due, the, due to the expansion of industries that take over natural habitats. So the less people pursue money and self-gain, 
the more our animal kingdom will be respected and preserved. But yet the people who um, stand up most for, for that don't realize that the problem is the heart of people. The hearts of people. The heart of man is the problem. So let me conclude. If God is God, he could bring species into existence and later into extinction according to his divine will and plan for a greater good, as we see, for example, with fossil fuels. So far, he has done a very good thing. The human race is still here. He's still here. Now, imagine for a moment, God did not bring about the extinction of species. Imagine, he did not. And the dinosaurs were still running around here. Right? Imagine how life would be if the dinosaurs were still running around here. Triceratops runs onto the field while your boy is playing a rugby match. Imagine that. Or a T-Rex attacks the school during break. Eats some kids. I mean, we would have been extinct ages back. Okay, I reckon if God exists, I believe he does, but I reckon if God exists, he knows what he's doing. And the fact that species have gone extinct doesn't disprove the fact that he exists. Okay, second point is this. God doesn't exist because I say so. What? You don't like that reason? Because that's the same reason a lot of parents and pastors give to their children to convince them that God does exist. Now, to be honest with you, I've never met anyone who told their kids that God exists because I say so. I've never met anybody like that. And if you have or you know somebody like that, shame on you. If you tell your children that God exists because just because you say so. Because there's ample evidence you can use to tell your kids about God and why he exists. There's ample evidence. It's all around us. One of um, the biggest way, maybe for, one of the best ways, maybe for a kid to, to tell them about the existence of God is to explain to them where everything came from. Okay. And to explain to them nature and the beauty even just of conception and birth. I mean, that's usually relevant for a little kid. But even if that happens, even if a parent does say, look, because I say so, it's not always easy to explain to kids that God exists. Instead of trying to find an explanation of God for kids and trying to explain this powerful, all-powerful, all-controlling, all-omniscient, you know, omnipotent being, it is sometimes just easier to say because he does. I don't recommend that, but I, I maybe could understand why some people would go that route, depending on the conversation. Because a kid won't understand all the historical, philosophical, and technical, and existential evidences for God, which makes sense. But once again, I don't see how this statement disproves God. Just because some people produce no evidence for why God exists to their children doesn't mean that he doesn't. It just means that guy is a bad teacher of his kid. As simple as that. I do, however, see a point that he's making here. Christians, um, the, I think this is the point he's trying to make, that Christians brainwash their kids who are really susceptible, who are like sponges. They brainwash their kids into believing that God exists um, and so those children don't have an opportunity to objectively for themselves decide. But atheists do exactly the same thing with their atheism. Right? Now, if, if God exists, you would be the biggest fool in the world not to tell your children about him. I find it strange when people say, uh, kids must make up their own minds whether God exists or not. Okay. Sure, one hundred percent. I think that I think that God gives every every person on earth um, the opportunity to make their own decisions, etc. Um, but yet, most atheists that I that I meet and say things like that, they don't give their children objective opportunity. 
Okay, that I, I don't, I've never seen somebody who's gone to their kid and said, okay, so let me explain to you what atheism is. This is it. We evolved from animals. Okay, we're not sure how that came to be, but we evolved from animals and we just here f without reason and we're going to, to die and we're going to turn into the dust. And, and yeah, okay, so that's one reason for life. Um, and then here's another. We were created by a God, a higher power um, for a purpose, for a reason. We're created in God's image and you can choose what which whichever one you want people generally don't give their children two options but even if they did i mean is that really the best way to go about it let me tell you um why imagine you did that in everything like you go to your five-year-old kid and you say okay so here's a primary school that you can go to let me tell you about its ethos and about the clothes they wear green school uniform and there's a school they've got brown uniform and the headmaster is this and this is his degree and and you can choose which school you go to you can go to a or you can go to b you you make the choice no we choose what's best for our kids based on our understanding and our uh, and our expertise and our belief isn't it imagine you can do the same with your kids you can uh, with food you say to your kid you choose what you want to eat my little objective little child, um, you can choose veggies or you can choose sweets. You choose today and you tell me what your kid's teeth will look like in a year's time. Um, what about, um, you know, we can use examples about what clothes your kids wear. I mean, really, I think you get the point. So we all teach our kids what we believe is best for them and we all will carry the consequences of what we teach them. So the conclusion is this. The point that this guy is making goes out to the atheist as well. Okay. Be very careful to tell your child that God does not exist until you've actually got the evidence that he doesn't exist. Be very careful about that. If you're going to influence your children, do it with good reasons. Let's raise children who know what they believe and why they believe it. So if you're going to tell your child that God exists, at least to the best of your ability, teach your child why you believe that and that will have a positive impact on your child so in conclusion usually what i like to do is um i like to, to give two like sort of opposing views like here's a reason why it's a it's or a question to the atheist you know why it's a good idea to stop believing in atheism okay here's the first question who is guiding the do-overs in the process of evolution because uh, evolution suggests that there's constant do-overs etc who's guiding that process who decides okay well this species is no longer fit to live anymore and it brings up another question how can matter produce mind if everything's just matter then where does our minds come from uh, a question to my dear friends who don't believe in God. And then the, the, the second objection that I have is this, okay? And I'm just going to repeat the words that was on the video. Um, God does exist because I said so. What? Uh, you don't like that reason? Because that's the same reason a lot of parents and atheists give their children to convince them that God does not exist, okay? What you do or don't teach your kids doesn't determine its truth. Wonderful guys. See you next time. Keep on grappling with these things and thinking through it. Uh, Christianity is a thinking man's religion. Cheers. Bye.